Welcome everybody to the Random Shoe Podcast. This your host, Mr. David Brody. Feeling real good tonight, y'all. I'm feeling real good tonight. I got a very special guest here with me. I got somebody who has really showed me the way over the years of how to be not just a good man, but a businessman. I got Mr. Dan Robinson in the house with me tonight. Everybody, I'm so excited about this. Darren, how you doing tonight, bro? I'm great. How about yourself, sir? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Hey, y'all. Darren's from Ennis, Texas, y'all. Ennis, Texas. Ennis. <laughs> Ennis. Ennis. He's from Ennis. Home with them Ennis Lions, man. Huh? Home with them Ennis Lions. Oh, okay. All right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Awesome background, guys. Awesome background. He got a background in uh, Child Protective Services, Texas Juvenile uh, Justice Department. 13 years experience, all right? 13. So that means he know. He know what he's doing. He know how he do it. And he actually know um, how to be good to people. If that make any sense, you know, I mean, from being an investigator to a senior case manager, um, Derek, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, man, like you say, I'm from Ennis. I uh, grew up there, graduated from high school there, I left there and went to college at the University of Texas at Arlington and uh, thought I was going to become a teacher. Hmm. Uh, but when I graduated from college, I knew somebody that worked for Child Protective Services and uh, got a plug and uh, started working there. And, uh, man, fell in love with it. Fell in love with it. Did it for a number of years. Uh, got a little stressful. Got a little stressful as far as the type of work that we was doing. You know, seeing a lot of kids that was abused, neglected, and wow. uh, traumatized, and broken families. Uh, so then I left there and thought that I was going to take a break and went to Texas Juvenile Justice Department. And <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't no better there, man. Seen a lot of kids and teenagers that was locked up that was uh, actually traumatized and losing their minds and things like that. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, it's been, been a very interesting role, man. Learned a lot uh, with these two careers. Okay. Now, before we go any further, I have to ask you, um, mm -hmm. how like how's your family doing going through this pandemic so far, man? I mean, we're doing we're doing good. We uh, you know, yeah, at first it was a little it was a little weird. It was a little troubling for just to see how everybody else was handling and how the world was kind of panicking. But to be honest, uh, we've always kind of been just. We, nothing's really changed about our life. We've always kind of, kind of been in the house and kind of, um, you know, tried. To, we've been on a path of trying to rebuild our family, but this pandemic just helped out a lot more. We became closer. We uh, started talking about, you know, things that matter in life. You know, learning how to survive, fish hunt, uh, doing outings together, things like that. So, uh, man, and we 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 thank God that you know, you know, even even though it's a tragedy, it's a trauma, traumatic situation. We thank God for the. Uh, the victories that we can claim out of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I must say, uh, I learned a lot about myself too Yeah. Uh, during this pandemic. Of course, you know, um, there's certain things that I had to buy by being in my other profession, mm -hmm. but it taught me to have a different type of poise. It taught yeah. me to be humbled and a few more things that I, you know, I'm, I consider myself to be a humble guy. Yeah. But yeah. I learned how to be without. Yeah. But yeah. still be able to do, you yeah. know, if that make it, um, any sense. Make a lot of sense. Yeah. I wanted to take the time to reach people in a different yeah. way. Yeah. Um, not only like even if I can't physically touch somebody, yeah. If my voice can reach you, yeah, and give you some words of wisdom, give you some words of encouragement, yeah. And I see a lot of that in you. Every time we talk, yeah. you know, we always have great conversation yeah. about it, and uh, it kind of keeps you grounded, yeah. You know, yeah. as uh, as we go on, and you know, one of the big reasons why we're here tonight. Uh, Darren has has an organization that I want him to introduce the world to. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of great things, and I, to hear it from his mouth, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you know for everybody to hear it. So uh, before uh, I jump into the next, um, I have to ask you this: 
is anything that you found out about your kids that you didn't know <laughs> in this hand-to-hand <laughs> combat game that we uh, like to call no school, no playground, <laughs> no, no nothing? Um, you know what? Honestly, I found out that they had a lot more drive than I was giving them credit for okay. at, at first because I was paying attention more so to my drive and my passion and my uh, just go-getter kind of attitude that I was always kind of seeing what they weren't doing. Like, man, you're not doing this hard enough or you're not pushing, you just want to be on the game, that kind of stuff. But when I really got to watch them and their element, you know, they're passionate about a lot of things they do, especially my, my 13-year-old. He uh, he plays basketball, man, and he's, he practices at the college right now. Okay. With college students, he's 13 years old, and uh, God gave him favor to do that. And he, uh, I mean, they don't take it easy on him, but he's the first one at the gym every day, work hard. That's right. You know, he never That's stops. Right. And he wants to go it's like he can't miss it because he holds himself accountable so uh, i just found out that my kids may have a lot more drive than i was giving them credit for so okay. yeah, i had to look at what i was looking at you know Got it. and what i was paying attention to so this shifted my vision okay yeah. and you know brother that's a blessing yeah that <laughs> yeah. is a blessing i tell you that much that is a blessing yeah. um so with that being said uh could you tell me a little bit about your organization and what it is that you're doing in the community well the organization is called uh kingdom of judah assembly of revivals and it's uh, the acronym KJAR, we call it KJAR. Um, and I started this organization because of my past careers. Um, we grew up, I grew up in the hood with no, uh, never met our father. It was just my mom raising me and my four brothers. And uh, none of us ever met our father before except for my oldest brother. He's the only one met his father. And uh, we was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with no family members up there. Um, and so I don't really know, I only really remember how we even got up there when I was too young. but. We was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, uh, you know, my mother was raised in a home where she was abused and neglected and all that kind of stuff, and she knew how to, you know, she was just traumatized herself growing up in a rough environment herself with my granddad being an alcoholic. So uh, he would come home and beat my grandmother and all that kind of stuff and uh, be drunk, and so my mom ended up leaving the house when she was young. You know, she got on drugs and all that kind of stuff, experienced rape and all that stuff on the streets, but, you know, ended up having kids, you know, and just kind of... <laughs> just out there, kind of. And so uh, we was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, we, we went through a lot of abuse and neglect as kids, you wow. know. And uh, we didn't understand that it was abuse and neglect, but, you know, we was going through stuff, uh, you know, in our own home. So all of the stuff that we went through growing up turned into a lot of anger and stuff for my brothers. So they was went out in the streets and they started joining gangs, getting in shootouts, robbing gas stations, banks, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, all of my brothers ended up doing time in prison. One did 10 years in prison, one did seven years, one did, uh, one is getting out actually tomorrow. Did 17 years or 17 and a half years, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And my twin is currently serving 40 years uh, in prison. So I seen how uh, my family just got exploded. I, I've, I've never been incarcerated. I still anger issues and all kind of stuff that I had to go through, but I just never had to experience the incarceration piece of that, of this, of this outcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I ended up graduating high school, graduating college, uh, you know, had my issues, went through anger management, counseling, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I just seen that uh, through these two careers that, uh, you know, you can talk about trauma and you can know uh, definitions like abuse, definitions like a neglect and all that kind of stuff. But if you don't get to the soul issues that a lot of these kids grew up in, a lot of these people, you know, there's from the hood, you know, <laughs> we grew up in the hood, so that's really I, that's what I know. I know hood, and so I know the hood is an actual place. But a lot of times, you know, a lot of government industries don't recognize it as an actual place with its own set of rules, its own set of laws, its own set of codes, its own set of 
you know, dialogue, and there's certain things you just don't do in the hood, there's certain things you do do in the hood, and there's certain places you can go and can't go. It's a psychological world that we grew up in. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can't get to a soul of a person like that, you know, you're really not helping them. So uh, with CPS and with Texas Juvenile Justice Department, I learned a lot of their definitions. I learned a lot of the stuff that they would teach us in school, but I, you know, I learned that it wasn't enough because we was having a lot of families that was broken up, that was from the hood, brown, African-American, you know, families just shattered, you know, wow. and we had case after case after case after case, and um, we just, I don't feel like CPS, as CPS investigators, we wasn't doing enough, we wasn't getting the right type of training. Okay. And uh, now, when, now, when you say training, um, how often did you, like, how often did y'all train? They had training available all the time, so, um, but before I get to that, uh, do talk about what so with that with CPS and with Texas Juvenile Justice Department the stuff I seen in both of the social services trainings and things that they was doing uh, it wasn't enough so we started the organization KJAR so we handle social service issues and trauma and things like that but we also deal with the soul issues the things that only come from using the word of God mm. because that's the piece that I think the CPS and all that stuff is missing uh, so they had trainings available all the time and I went to almost all their trainings. You know, I was study. I wanted to know what happened to my family. I wanted to know where did my family get missed at. I wanted to know uh, why so many families were being broken apart, even though CPS was intervening in their life. But people was getting case after case after case after case. And I wanted to know like what was like how did a lot of how does a lot of the atrocities in the hood get missed. Hmm. So I went and I studied. I studied. I dove into it. One of the problems I can say right now is when you graduate from college. All you gotta have is a degree to become a CPS investigator. That's it. You don't have to have anything in the family studies. You don't have to really have a social work degree, anything like that. You just have to have a degree. And you can go through a three month training and become a CPS investigator. I didn't know that. And a lot of the CPS investigators, they so overwhelmed with cases and things like that, that they really don't, um, you know, take time to look at how they're actually helping the family. It's kind of like, man, let me get off work at 5 o'clock and go to happy hour. It's not a deep passion to save families and understand the type of families that you're working with. Hmm. Understand the mindset. Understand the culture. Like, you know, like an investigator for the FBI. It's rigorous. CPS investigators just have a degree. And so, so many families are, you know, some, sometimes you're just not equipped to work with the type of families that have the type of traumas that we go through in the hood. And you will go into people's house like you got all this power and control. And we know, we learn from in the hood when to shut down and when to say what somebody wants you wants you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times families actually do need help when CPS go in there and say, hey, do California help you? Or is everybody eating this, that, and other? They're going to say yes. And do everybody hear that? Yeah, yeah, we don't need no food. We don't need anything. Everything is good. But they're telling you what you want to know because you come in there and they're like an authority. You have to go in there with like, man, I understand what you guys are going through. You know, let me help you some type of way. But you got to be able to relate to them. You got to be able to show them that you're not their enemy and all that kind of stuff. Now, some there is some cases where you got to, you know, show authority. But it, I think the training is just way underwhelming because uh, they just don't understand. They got books, they got definitions, but they don't have the experience. Okay. Now, I do understand that part. So with that, with your organization, are you trying to bring kids in, adults, and you just showing them a different way? Um, reaching them um, on a spiritual level, yeah. Um, more of showing them how to be a man, or you know, um, yeah. 
you know, see it from a man's perspective with the young man that you may be working with? Or yeah. Well, we're kind of doing it all because, I mean, our, our mission is to turn the heart of the parents to the children and the children to the parents, make them see each other again. And, um, you know, so we want to deal with the whole person. So there is counseling that's needed. There's parenting classes that's needed. There is uh, domestic violence classes that's needed. There's, uh, you know, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, counseling classes that's needed. All of that stuff is needed, but we also bring in the soul element because I can, you, you can stop uh, smoking drugs and you can stop drinking alcohol. You can stop you know, beating on your wife and all that kind of stuff, but you're still traumatized in your head, in your way of living, mm-hmm. you know, and your, your soul issues are still there. What got you there in the first place? Where did that anger come from? Where did that, uh, that lust come from? Where did that rage come from? How did you grow up? What is that adverse childhood experiences, what they call it in social service, that ACE? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we have to use the word of God to get to that stuff to us. You have to use the word of God to get to those soul issues. So we put it all together. Gotcha. And I think that's a lot where, you know, organization, faith-based organizations, more faith-based organizations that really talk about the spirit and what the word of God is and what it can do, I think need to be intervening in these organizations and helping them. Okay, wow. So it sounds like uh, your organization has a lot of great things uh, coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely know with your character, I know with things that I've seen you do in the community itself, I know you're going to have an awesome time. I know you're going to have a, a fulfilling time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think the people who who are coming in to join you in this crusade is going to be fulfilled yeah. as well. So um, how do people get in touch with you if they wanted to be a part of your organization or if they just wanted to reach out and get a little more information on it? Uh, email me at Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N, at kjarfamily.org. Okay. And uh, we'll go from there. We don't, we haven't really been on social media or anything like that. We just kind of uh, been underground. Just we, We're not big on, uh, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff. But we know, too, that with the stuff that's going on in the world now, it's time for us to kind of, you know, come out a little bit more because we see a lot of mental health going on, especially in uh, uh Poor neighborhoods and things like that, man. Understood. There's a lot of trauma. Understood. And uh, we feel like it's time to get out there and start talking to some people. Okay. Well, I definitely want to, um, you know, bless you and uh, do what I can. Um, hopefully, my platform will reach people yeah, who could, you know, be um, interested, intrigued, and maybe yeah. willing to help out and do things, you know, here in the near future. Yeah. Um, I just want to see you succeed. Um, I want everybody to understand that. Um, we know that things don't happen overnight. Rome right. wasn't built in the day. Right. But I know what your passion, I know what your drive, I know you're going to do great things, and I'm, I'm super excited for for the mission. I'm super excited for the outcome that's coming yeah. and the time to come. We're, we're going to definitely get through this uh, pandemic. We're going to yeah. get through the trying times of what we got going on here yeah. in America. And, <laughs> um, and I, I just truly, yeah. I, I really believe that uh, people are changing. Sometimes you got to uh, destroy before you elevate. Yeah, yeah and um, that that is very. That's just something that I, I truly believe in. Yeah, 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 I definitely agree with you on that one, man. There's it's a there's definitely a shift going on right now, man, in the world. And uh, those of us that's gonna really adjust to it, mm-hmm. man, we have to be mentally uh, stable and emotionally stable. We have to be right in our thoughts, man, because there's a lot of confusion going on in the world mm-hmm. right now. Who's right about what? And to me, all of it's wrong. You know, if, if um, a white cop kills a, a black guy, it's wrong. If a black guy kills a white cop, it's wrong. If the gov, whoever dropped drugs and guns in the in the community, 
um, that was wrong. If you pick the guns up and stuff like that and shoot kids and shoot uncles and shoot, you're tearing up families. That's wrong. So all of it's wrong. So uh, I think that if the world just err on the side of what's right, right, you know, at the end of the day, what is right, you know, but there's a lot of people confused about what what is right and what's wrong, you know, and it's not black and white anymore. So uh, those of us that can that can see and that can think, you know, I believe it's our obligation to, you know, steer the people that's going to listen and that believe what you believe, you know, to the, to the right direction, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not everybody, so. I got you. Well, yeah. I tell you what, wrapping up here, y'all, I hope everybody enjoyed this time we had with Mr. Robinson. Um, hopefully everybody got the uh, information that uh, he put out. Hopefully you can take the time to listen and see and hear where he's going and what he's doing. And I tell you what, we are truly truly excited about what you got going on i cannot express that enough i'm I'm truly excited about it um i won't take too much of your time i know you're busy i know you got a lot of things to do so with that being said everybody i hope y'all enjoyed this time the random shoe podcast is always ready to jump into somebody's shoes walk do a little random talk make your life better make your life stronger this is mr david brody signing out y'all have an awesome evening god bless